Hi, Steve here, host of the Natural Curiosity Project. Isn't it funny how one thing leads to another, which leads to another? Sort of a series of never-ending rabbit holes to dive down, all of them in search of some kind of an answer. Well, the other day I was listening to a podcast about the people who create iconic sounds. Think about the doink-doink from Law & Order, or the dum-dum of Netflix, or the roar. Well, you know what that is. Amazing, isn't it, how each one of those sounds triggers a memory or an image or some other reaction in your head? Well, that episode was about how product marketers use sound to enhance the flavor of food. Yeah, you didn't mishear me. I mean, think about the commercial for the ice cream bar where the beautiful model bites through the crunchy chocolate coating over the ice cream, or the crunch of a potato chip, or the close-up sound of a fizzy drink, or how the sizzle of fajitas on a hot skillet when they bring them to your table make them taste so much better. Anyway, that led me off on one of my curiosity-fueled expeditions to explore a little-known phenomenon called synesthesia. Never heard of it? Well, the term comes from Greek, and it means perceived together. And here's why. For people who have synesthesia, and they're called synesthetes, by the way, their senses are, and I'm going to once again steal a word from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, their senses are intertwingled. For example, they hear the sound of a robin, and they instantly taste salt. Or they hear someone's name, and the color blue pops into their head. When they hear the sound of the ocean, the taste of apples overwhelms their taste buds. Or in some cases, they rub their hands over gravel and taste, for example, pineapple. And in some really extreme cases, they have what's called mirror touching. They're with two other people, for example, and one of those other people touches the other. And the person with synesthesia, the synesthete, feels the touch as well. Now, nobody really knows what causes synesthesia. What we do know is that it seems to affect women more than it does men, although there is some evidence to suggest that women, being the, let's face it, more mature gender, are simply more willing to admit that they have the condition than men are. But there's also evidence that left-handed people are more susceptible to it, as are people who tend to be more right-brained. Artists, musicians, writers. For example, Vincent van Gogh and writer Vladimir Nabokov were both synesthetes, as were inventors Nikola Tesla and the musician Duke Ellington. The actor Jeffrey Rush has it as well. Whenever he hears the days of the week, each one causes a rush of color, each color different. Then there's Billy Joel, Farrell Williams, Billy Eilish, and Grimes. And as near as we can tell, somewhere between 1% and 4% of all people have the condition. That spread is broad because a lot of people may be synesthetes without knowing it because they simply assume that everybody sees things the same way they do. Now, synesthesia isn't something that can be consciously controlled. It just happens. You hear Beethoven and you smell French fries. You hear the word politician and you smell... Never mind, sorry, I couldn't help myself there. So, What is it then that causes this condition? Well, the medical community isn't really sure. We do know that people who claim to have synesthesia, who say that they hear colors or smell words or taste sounds, show a bigger and more active brain response during a brain scan when they hear a sound or see a color. 
Brain scans also show more connections between the various parts of the brain in people who have synesthesia, which makes sense given how their various senses are tangled together. Another really interesting thing about synesthesia is that it tends to be pretty stable. For example, if you taste tomatoes every time you hear a fire truck siren, the response is going to be the same 20 years from now. You'll still taste tomatoes when the fire truck rolls by. Now, neurologists have discovered that there are many different types of synesthesia. They've identified more than 30 of them so far. The most common of them are grapheme color synesthesia, in which letters or numbers trigger specific colors, sound-to-color synesthesia, in which certain sounds trigger the person to see different colored shapes, and lexical gustatory synesthesia, where specific words or sounds trigger tastes. It's also interesting to me that most people who have this condition don't see it as a liability or a curse, but rather as a kind of a superpower, especially the artists for whom the condition adds a richness and a depth to their creativity that they otherwise wouldn't have. At least one musician, for example, sees his music as paintings. You know, I love where my curiosity takes me. I heard this word and decided to go figure out what it was. The more I know, the more I realize how much I don't know. In one of the last episodes I did, I referred to my friend Hank Lentfer's model of the circle that surrounds all the knowledge we have. The more we learn, the bigger the circle gets. But it's also important to remember that as the circle gets bigger, so too does its circumference and all the things it touches outside the circle that we don't know. Hey, thanks for dropping by. I'm Steve Shepard, the host of the Natural Curiosity Project, where we're committed to the idea that curiosity leads to discovery, discovery leads to knowledge, knowledge leads to insight, and insight leads to understanding. In every episode, we explore some topic that piqued our curiosity enough to make us want to share it with you. I hope you enjoy the journey. And if you did, I'd appreciate it if you'd leave a comment over at iTunes or SoundCloud, wherever you listen to the podcast. Thank you very much. We'll see you in the next episode. Thank you.